Welcome everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another great episode on the AUE podcast. I'm as always joined by Dave. So Dave, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you, Bullet? I'm fine. Thanks for asking, okay. I guess. Good. <laughs> so before we move um, Daniel into the voice chat here, I want you to make the flashback, Dave. So last time on the podcast, we talked to Zoopy. It was super interesting. And if you want to check that out, you can go to Bullet's YouTube channel. Just type Bullet Chin something something in YouTube and you should find it. Or you can click the link somewhere on the thing. And yeah, that's what happened. We didn't even have any drama discussion. We had nothing. We just had pure 100% Zoopy interview. And I just, was like just distracted during the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just super wholesome. Zoopy was great. Yeah. Dave was not that great because he had some work calls, thingies, I don't know. Well, it was kind of early during the day. So anyway, let's move in, Daniel, and let's welcome in. Hello, Mr. Daniel. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Yeah, 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 we hear you. We hear you. Loud and clear. What's up? You got to enter with confidence, Daniel. You can't enter like a super popular podcast you know <laughs> tons of people are going to watch the first minute of this and judge whether they want to watch the rest and oh you're sure you're right, you're right. like can you hear let's try that let's rewind let's do that right. again and you can come back in and you can mm -hmm. be you know all excited to be here okay right. <laughs> we're gonna do this we're gonna do this yeah hello daniel welcome to the podcast hey what's good <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, Daniel. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's your boy coming right at you. Hey, yo, what's good? There you go. It's our boy, Daniel, and he's going to be joining us today. We have some super amazing questions for him, Bullet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, oh, where do we even want to start with you, Daniel? Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Hidden Cup, Bullet? Yeah, Hidden Cup would be good. good place? Yeah, that's okay. a good oh, man. system. Why, why, why you got to bring it up like that too soon? But yeah, no worries. <laughs> So, yeah. Daniel, just to give everyone a little bit of backstory, if they weren't following along, you almost qualified for Hidden Cup, and you yeah. went out in a seven-game set against, was it ACCM? I believe yeah. it was ACCM, right? Yeah. You made it into the, the quarters of the tournament and, and did pretty well. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that is a good indication of, of where your level is currently, and did you feel happy with that result? I am definitely happy about the result for sure. Like I would say I look back to it, I'm like, yeah, I think I did pretty well. I think I did um, maybe better than expectation for a lot of people. I personally really think that I could have won that series. Like for sure I could have won that series. And I was um, pretty upset right after the lose, of course. But then I think after those games, I'm pretty confident that I can say I'm top 20, top 25 player like in the world. I think that's like better than I have ever been like you know for the past few years i think I, this is the tournament that i would say i definitely showed that even in standard settings i am a top 25 player so at the end i look back and i'm like okay i mean that's not too bad next tournament i'll i'll get someone potentially how often do you do you think about the games that you could have won in that series oh no that islands game haunts me yeah that i don't want to say i'm just gonna be really general there but like <laughs> 
how often do you think about it like since that since that day uh well i mean like whenever people bring it up like you guys right now but like whenever like i'm playing some water maps and stuff like that and islands comes up and i see portuguese in the map i'm just like god damn like i just remember the fatorias and how i was forced to push into it i got so i get so annoyed about the virus fatorias nowadays but yeah so that's that's how often i talk uh, uh think about it because i think i definitely could have played that game much 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 better and it would have been like completely different yeah but it was unfortunate but i think all the other maps that i lost were very very much like you know i lost so like there's not much you can't just like focus on that one game right accm just outplayed me on arabia and on was it cross like completely outplayed me and um yeah so Do you think you have the potential to be a top 10 player in like the next year? Top 10? Um, top 10 is really tough. They're just like, I mean, I'll, na I'll name my top 10 right now. And I think, you know, like why or why not I cannot be. My top 10 right now, Viper, let's see, Hera, Leary, Yo, Tato, that's five, right? Yep, five. That's almost my forever, f that's almost my forever five. And then probably like, I can't tell, MB or Doubt, like, one is more raw skills better, one is, like, strategically better. So, MB, Doubt, and then for me, I'll always put Nikov at 8th, even though, like, you guys can say whatever tournament, he doesn't get good results or whatever. But I still really do believe that Nikov has the raw skills to be in that conversation. And then, I don't know, like, Viles and Dugal probably would be my top 10. And, like, that, that would be my top 10 list. And... I truly believe that if I prep well enough, I... Oh, wait, there's Jordan. I forgot, actually. Jordan, yeah. I, for, I totally forgot about Jordan. Wait, no. Jordan before Nikov. So Jordan at 8. Nikov at 9. And then probably... I feel like it has to be Veles. Yeah, it right? has to be Veles. Yeah, it's Veles. Yep, Veles 10th. Yep, I totally forgot about Jordan there. Yeah, I was like, wait, hold up. There's a name and I'm forgetting. But yeah. Actually, I don't even put Jordan at like I don't, yeah six to six to eight is very close. Whatever, but like that's the top ten list, and I think up to like number eight ish, number number seven eight ish. If I prep well enough and the settings are okay enough, I could get lucky and have a chance against them in the series. That's how that's how I see it. But then I would say top like six ish. I don't think I really have a chance. Like that, I'll I'll be very honest. Within like a best of five, best of seven, they're definitely definitely better. But you know that's that's how I see the game right now on my own level. And I'm not saying that there's like a huge chance that I can beat like you know from seven to ten or eight to ten or whatever. But I just think that in the right settings, I do have a chance against them. Yeah, but there is there is a chance there, <laughs> even yeah. as small as it is. Yes. What do you mm -hmm. think? it is that like separates you from so you're you're kind of within reach of the that five to ten mark or like six six to ten or whatever you're talking about but how what do you think keeps you away from that top five what do you think the factor is that separates you from them is it execution or strategy or experience or top five i think it's just on another level they just execute everything so perfectly like when you play practice games against like Hera, Leary, like whatever those guys, like you just feel that it's very, very much. It feels unbeatable sometimes when they execute a strategy like correctly. When they think about just the game like thoroughly, the execution is flawless. The strategy is always there. 
you just cannot really like you can't afford to make a mistakes and even if you played a game where you thought that you didn't make a single mistake you still lose like you you just feel like wow like the game is just it's just going their way it's just like literally like scripted to the point where it's like okay as soon as they hit imp they're gonna have like 30 arbalists and they're gonna do this push i know it exactly what they're gonna do too but it's just that i cannot play i just don't know how to like sometimes i'm just like damn i just cannot fight that off it's just it's just that difficult and sometimes like that's what Personally, I think that's what separates me from like the top five. And what separates me from top, I would say from top six to 15, I would say there are definitely 15 players in my heart that are definitely like 15, 16 players that are definitely better than me, I would say, would be, I think, consistency. Like, I don't think any of them would like, like there are players that definitely constantly outplay me even within that group. But I don't think that the mechanical skills or strategical skills, whatever you call it, strategic mind or just logical, you know, the play, like place should be more logical. I don't think that I'm that far off, but instead I just, I just lack consistency against them. That's it. Also, I think it's about um, time investment because besides playing Age of Empires, um, you stream and also you have, I think, like a full-time job, right? Uh, yes, I am a full-time worker, like it's like a yeah. um, IT support, software dev type of guy. So Ex definitely, exactly. Mm -hmm. Where the top ten, most of the top ten, just uh, are full-time players, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, time investment is definitely a thing because I definitely believe that before every tournament, I prep a lot, like I play a lot more before every single tournament, and I definitely feel like I'm a lot more in shape before mm. every tournament but then after a tournament i just like you know i take like two days off and i'm like man i feel rusty i feel like am i not pressing q when i'm like you know trying to make villages am i not pressing c like it's just like feels like i'm doing every movement weirdly you know so that's where um that's definitely part of the reason why I'm, i don't feel as consistent do you feel like confidence has something to do with it like matching up against those top players because you the way you describe that you know where their execution's always perfect and you know you know what they're, they're going to do but you can't stop it do you think if you weren't thinking like that maybe if you were thinking like oh how are they going to stop me kind of you know kind of big dick energy <laughs> sort of thing like do you think you'd be in a better position in some of those games or is that not a factor just going alpha as so, nah. Oh, well, I do think that in practice games, I'm not as scared. Like, honestly, like in practice games, when I play against them, I don't think that way. But mm -hmm. for example, in Red Bull, I play against Leary. And um, yeah, I play against Leary, I believe. That's like the only tournament that I really play against like a top, top player. I think I play against her and some smarter ones too. But then I'm talking like, you know, like the closest, like one of like the major tourneys playing against a top five player. Uh, I think I play against Leary and Yo in, in separate tourneys. And um, in Red Bull especially, I was just like feeling really nervous after game one Red Bull. And I made some crucial mistakes. I have to say that I was not Like second game, I definitely think I could have won. I prepped up the strategy. It was like Saracen's fast imp, like with camping. That was like a very specific strategy to go against. Um, just I know that Lira was going to go Knights there with Berbers. So that was like a pretty specific strategy that I had thought of that to counter that shot. And I did <clears throat> almost first like 15 minutes of game i would say as perfectly as i could have and i was ahead but then i got very inconfident i was like wait what if he's booming and i left with the only two nights that i had and i got pushed that exact timing by larry instead if i didn't try to counterattack and just because i was i was at a very comfortable situation there i didn't have to counterattack at all 
And yet I was not that confident, I have to say. I was like, wow, like if I don't leave, if those two knights actually won the game already, but then because I'm so scared of Leroy booming, even though he can never ever boom in that situation, I know it, I like a logical, just logical, logically he cannot. I still went out because I'm just, you know, not that confident in that situation. And I lost that game. So I think the confidence issue is definitely there for sure. Yeah, it feel, the more I play this game, and I've played this game for forever, and I know you have too, and Bullet has as well, it feels like it's more valuable to underestimate your opponent than it is to ever overestimate them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for just sure. Believe that their level is is lower in general than you than you think it is, and you'll be better off in the end. I kind of mm -hmm. agree, but also when you overvalue yourself, you tend to do some sloppy mistakes um, to yeah, yeah. end up losing the game. It can as well happen, at least to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it is on the top level, but probably. Yeah, it's not too healthy for your ga gameplay as well. But yeah, yeah I think I at the top level, it's just about logic, being logical. That's it. You mm -hmm. have to be a lot more logical. That's for me, at yeah, least. But it's interesting for Age of Empires, it's not that much about speed. Speed is also a factor, but the decision-making is still the crucial thing in Age of Empires. It's uh, like crazy. I think we're probably one of the only esports that have like the um, top players uh, who are like uh, 35 years old. Which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's actually that's something it. I want to bring up. But Dave, finish your point first. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, that's actually a point that I want. I have. Uh, that's actually a topic that I actually kind of want to have discussed with other people. And I'm wondering if you agree or disagree to my point regarding the age thing. I think age does not affect. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think age affect performance as much as people say i don't think for example i'm looking at lebron james playing in the nba at 36 year old he's still the best player on the face of the Dude, planet he's I'm he is a he is a robot fucking intergalactic athlete though like he is yes. not a normal human <laughs> daniel but you got tom brady tom brady was drafted like i don't know like 16th or something i don't remember the exact number but he was not a first round pick he was not like lebron who's literally born to be an athletic freak tom brady i mean tom brady obviously is like top 0.001 percent of the population in terms of athletic abilities but in the nfl he's not the most athletic quarterback ever and yet he is playing at the age of 40 something and both of them i would definitely say the nba and the nfl are both physically well definitely more physically demanding but i also yep. don't think that you're going to say that they have worse reaction speed or worse like um, what's it called, mind or mental game, and they're playing the NBA and NFL. That's well, where I, I want to say is that H, does H actually affect that much? I think H just affects how much time you can put into the game. That's what I think, and um, I'm wondering what your viewpoints on it is. I definitely, like, I'm 31 now, and I can definitely feel differences uh, in reaction time, but I think you, you kind of, up to a certain point, you make up for it with experience. Um that you didn't have when you were younger so it's less noticeable and i think with with like esports we don't really have a a basis to go off of right with athletes we've had years and years and years and years of you know athletes with a steady decline in their mid to late 30s into their 40s and with esports we haven't really had that so i don't know how when you check others esports title though then you notice that the most pro teams or pro players are like uh, uh in the young 20s I'm yeah not but like how much all. of that how much of that is dictated by the fact that esports isn't really like if you're getting a salary from a team 
if you're an average pro player, you're not making that much. So players who are older are most likely to move away from esports. And esports organizations are looking at older players and saying, there's not that many in the game. Is it worth it to keep them on? They're going to fall off. That That's yeah, I think true. Also because family planning and all that stuff, and maybe then esports is possibly not the best profession. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's where that's where I'm wondering too, though, is that because you're saying how older players are going, like you know, older players aren't in other esports. Is it because that you know, as you said, they want to start a family, and organizations just don't um, just don't see it as much. And the last point would be that I'm thinking it could be a motivation issue. At the age of like 27 and 28, do you still want to win that cup as much as if yeah. you were like 18 years old? Yeah. And that's where I think the bigger difference is. And it's not age making reaction speed slower. So I think like performance is definitely affected by age, but not directly. It's when you get older and older, you start to have, I don't know, like relationships and like family, or you're trying to look at buying a house or getting like more sponsorship, whatever How old it are you is. Now, Daniel? I am 25. Yeah, we'll wait a few years on that one. You get we'll, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't think from the age of 18, I from the age of 18 I, I, to 25, I don't see any I don't see any speed drop. I think I'm a faster I'm a faster player than I've ever been. But yeah, I, that's, that's why Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's like it's less uh hampering to performance than a lot of people give it credit, but it, there is definitely something there. Like there's definitely a slowdown. And then all those other factors we talked about, right? Like having a relationship or having a job or, you know, not having enough time to dedicate towards the game definitely come into play. But it's it's an interesting point. And if you look at Doubt, like he's a good example. I think Doubt right now is faster than he's ever been. When I watch his stream now, he's faster than he was when I was watching him play, you know, three or four years ago. But and I, I think that's just a fact because he just now started to give it his hundred percent. No, I know, I know, but that, that shows that that shows the potential, right? I don't yeah, think true, any true. of Rage of Empires players are at like the peak of where you could go with this game. I I think there's still a, like a bit of room to grow for everybody. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Age so far is just age is not um, the primary factor right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's. Yeah. Like practice and the amount of time you can put into the game and whatnot. Yeah, I yes, mean, for you sure. can already see that at the meta. The meta is uh, evolving so fast at the moment and changing uh, from tournament to tournament. It's uh, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Actually, so, insane. Daniel, do you ever think about the fact? Do you ever does this idea ever cross your mind that you might be the best since the level has gone up so much? You might be the best American player to ever touch the game. Um, yes, I actually have thought about this and I'm like, I probably am. Like, I'll mm -hmm. be pretty confident they're saying that. But you don't but want I... to put it on you like your stream title or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But like, I was thinking about this. I was like, yeah, because right now, but I again, that's like an unfair comparison because players from 2014 would never imagine yeah. dodging ballistics, right? Like, that's just not like, I'm just saying it as like a dodging ballistics doesn't come out until like 2018. And that wouldn't be fair for us to put you know, the same 
level of micro to you know from uh players from back in the days but i was just like yeah damn like if you're just talking about like raw speed and raw understanding meta i'm like damn like i'm like the best american player almost ever i'm kind of happy about that you know i'm pretty you know pretty lit i can brag it to people you know a good icebreaker for sure and i'm just like that's pretty cool especially you if you like... especially if you <laughs> win the pretty cool watch right and you can show off with the watch to everyone I was actually really thinking about that. I have never been a watch guy. I'm like 25 years old. I don't think I've ever owned a watch that's not like plastic. And like, <laughs> like no joke. I don't think I've ever owned a watch that's not like plastic or anything like, you know, that's like actually decent. I was like, if, you know, if I actually won the USA Cup, I can't, I can't really, you know, it's not like it's not mine. But like, if I actually won the USA Cup, well, I want to keep it because it's like a good story to tell. Like, you know, you're like wearing your, I'm wearing my watch going to, I don't know, like, a night bar and they're like yo that's a nice watch where you get this and i'm like oh yeah so you know what i'm like you know 2k4 and aoe2 or should i just be you know more more a little more um what's it called realistic and just sell the watch so that i can pay off my student loans so i've been really i've been debating i've been debating about those options it's quite the dilemma not gonna lie i ah, keep it so you have a great story for your children they're gonna ask you and then you can uh, tell the greatest story of an american dream that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I have actually definitely thought about that. But I'm excited about the USA Cup for sure, though. Which one you are you, you afraid? Oh, sorry. They've gone. Do you have any competition, do you think? Serious competition for USA Cup? I would say I'm thinking about three players in my mind. Scotty, I think, is very, very solid. A very, very solid player. He comes up with some pretty good strats. Like, I've practiced with him for tournaments before but i would say like in a best of five or a best of seven i won't be like I, I should win like i should just i should be the better player in like a five game series i i don't mm -hmm. you know uh, or like you know five or seven game series and then there's spring who always surprises people i'm not spring really sure is how the wild card dude he's the yeah. wild card yeah because i saw the map hole i don't really see any maps that you can just go hunt ca on every single game so now that's why I'm just like, I don't know, like uh, that you can go CA and just like, you know, micro the crap out of like everything for fuel age and stuff like that. There are maps that are definitely more, you know, like I think my style is just a lot more um, towards the meta play style nowadays. So like I, I think I can like or hybrid maps and stuff. Those maps I'm pretty confident so that's why I'm like, Spring is also like, it really depends on the maps and et cetera, right? So I don't know what strategy he's going to prep up. So that's one of the competition that I'm looking at. Last one would be Bloodless because Bloodless is actually like pretty good on Arena. And there's two Arena maps on this goddamn map pool. There's Arena and there's Hideout. And I guarantee you there's another map where you can play like Arena. Guarantee it. I don't, I don't I, I'm just certain that there has to be a map that you can just be like, just wall it before like two minutes. So then, uh, so then that's why I think that if you're looking at those maps, those if there's three maps like that, so you're gonna say what Bloodless is 50-50 or even 60-40 against me. So you're gonna look at a best of seven series where there's three maps that he has 50-50 or 60-40 uh, against me, and then it would be my whole maps and Arabia, which I would say it's like what 70-80% for me to win these games. Then the percentages actually get to a point where you're like, well, it's actually possible for him to beat me, right? So I think Bloodless was definitely the person I'm looking at the most. Oh, nice. Yeah, gonna be tense, definitely gonna watch it.
and yeah, looking forward to it. Also, hope it's gonna increase like the American level. It would be great to see some uh, more American players in the top hundred. Would be great for your counter because you have so many players. Actually, it's kind of kind of weird that you have like only one real top player, and that's you. Calling me top is kind of is kind of weird too because I'm <laughs> I don't even consider myself a top. It's semi pro, you know. That's what I call myself. But yeah, I, I don't like know. <laughs> you're just the token American in every pro player discussion. You just get tossed in there, Daniel. <laughs> it's <laughs> like other guys from Europe, and it's like Daniel. He's there too. It's like the only one that can like semi compete, you know. So it's like I call myself like a semi pro. But yeah, I, I, I know it's very weird because we have so many two K players. We have, I think, like. 10 to 15 players that you can call like 2k but mm -hmm. then just i don't know why we just can't get you know we just can't get really, really top players and really, really good results it's kind of crazy mm. blows my mind too hmm. so daniel another question are you looking mm -hmm. for an esports organization am i looking for esports organization uh, yeah like a team as in like to join yeah uh Realistically speaking, like, no, because I don't really know how far I can go in AoE 2. Because, I, again, I guess it goes like a confidence thing. I don't know if I'm, like, an attractive enough candidate just yet. I don't know. Like, there's just, like, I, I haven't really thought of that possibility at all. So I, ca I can't really answer that question, actually. Mm -hmm. But short answer would be no. Second answer would be that I've actually never considered that possibility. So that's why it's a no. Mm. I think from my perspective, Daniel, like when I when I look at you and, and people talking about you and especially Americans around our game, I think you're like you're one good tournament performance away from blowing up your stream because there's so many American fans uh, mm -hmm. for this game that come on Twitch and they're looking for someone from their country they can cheer for. Yeah. They're looking for someone to represent them. Right. And if you mm -hmm. make it to. Like, I don't know if quarterfinals is enough for that, but if you make it to like a semis of something of a big tournament or you have a big result against against one of the favorites, mm -hmm. that's like unlocking a door to a whole new potential of things down the line, right? So it, it kind of feels like you're you're just that one step that you need to get to that point where you're an attractive esports candidate or, you know, your stream is 500 plus viewers or you're seriously competing for tournaments feels like you're right there yeah i i i think my skill right now honestly is like i can compete i can definitely definitely compete it's just that i don't know like it's just i just have to show in one tournament as you said i just have to show in one tournament that i'm actually a decent player and i want to be able to prep up for one tournament where i you know as you said like blow up and stuff like that so i i, I definitely want to see if that could happen for sure yeah, also what would help you with growing uh, would be social media. That helps also. It gives you a lot of exposure uh, exposure uh, to mm -hmm. organizations. And yeah, I think yeah. there's Bullet. great potential in you. <laughs> Bullet wants a, a Daniel OnlyFans There was like some news article that I was reading. It was like talking about influencers. And then someone mentioned like 
OnlyFans influencers. I was like, is OnlyFans really influencers? I got like so tri- like I'm not triggered, but, but like, I was like so caught up about that term. I was like thinking like, how's that? How do I classify influencers? But that's another topic. I don't want to talk about this on this podcast. That's not AOE two at all. But it's just some topics that I randomly come across in my mind sometimes. That's, <laughs> that's all we talk about here. Yeah, this. <laughs> that's uh, why I'm this a weird. Is... That's that's why I'm weird ass person. I swear to God. Like I don't know. Like I'm just like, how do you def- Where do you define the fine line of influencers? You know, like how do you define it? <laughs> Like, am I an influencer? Like, I think I can talk, like, you know, five people from AOE2 to be, you know, start up a small tournament. Not, like, all professional levels, but, like, I can probably get, like, a small USA one-day one tourney going on just for USA players and just have, like, a show match type of deal. Am I considered an influencer, too? I don't know. I feel like there has to be a definition, right? And I was just like, there's no Oxford definition for this shit. And... Got me real caught up for like half an hour. I think about this shit in the shower. I think like I I've thought about it too, and I think it it kind of scales with how successful you are. So as you gain more of a following, you consider yourself to be like smaller in your mind, you know, unless your ego is is huge and inflated. But like if you're if you're a streamer for twenty average viewers and they're looking at your stream, Daniel, they're definitely thinking you're an influencer. And like if you had, um, uh customer or not customer but like a viewer base that a company knew would be interested in their product and they look at how many people are concurrently going to your stream or how many people watch your vods or whatnot you're definitely an influencer it's just all about perspective right yeah for sure for sure that's that's how that's how i see it too it's just like how big like and how it's just a, such a like there's so many parameters it's so interesting when i think about these things but then i don't know it just leads to my own conclusions that, that i'm just like i don't know <laughs> you just don't know right it just gets to confused i just get very very confused about my own thoughts sometimes but yeah that's totally fine you that's it's perfect that you're here on this podcast because we're pretty much the same <laughs> <sighs> yeah Yeah, that's what that's what I that's what I thought of while I was in the shower one day. So, hmm. good talk. Good, shower good talk, thoughts. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you ever think up new like new builds when you're in the shower? Because I do I do that sometimes too, and I never implement them. I just think of like, what if I were to like villager rush on arena with Sicilians and place a donjon and then send my villagers back and then have my sergeants building donjons all over his base, like stupid stuff like that. Do you ever do that? When I was when I was playing when I was prepping not playing when I was prepping for a hidden cup I actually was whenever I'm not doing something related to like work or like some sort of other hobbies or whatever I'm actually constantly talk like like randomly thinking about strats like for example I'll be showering I'll be like wait on slopes like you know I don't know if C is actually the best idea like can that work and then on, you know, on Bay, what could happen? Because I just practiced Project Belgium. He used the strat. I thought the strat was actually the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, I lost to it. Like, why is that possible? Or something like that. I don't know. Like, just random things, like random thoughts like this. Or, you know, obviously the, that was just a joke because Belgium's mm-hmm. strat wasn't that bad. But then it was just, it was just like, you know, like, it was just like, um, like, what did I do? Like, how, like, how can I, like, and then I keep on, I do think about those strats a lot. And then I actually do implement them on like my own practice games, like a lot, a lot, because I feel like some of the, some of those strats work, some of those didn't. Like for example, um, the slopes thing. Well, I don't know if everyone rem- like if anyone remembers, but when I play against say my name, I use mines against Indians on slopes, 
And then, like, it was tried against Hartford's, actually. It wasn't like a shower thought, but then it was like whenever I was taking a walk, I was like, wait, hold on. As long as the game goes on normally, it should be mine's favorite. So then I just, you know, thought of that as like a counterpick and played on it, and it seemed to have worked. That's it. So definitely something that I have um, thought of and in the shower while I'm sitting in the bathroom or, you know, taking a walk. And definitely things that I think of for sure. Was that the one where you went? I thought you were Aztecs there. Is that the one where you went forward on him? No, no I went 1TC Eagle Fast Imp. Okay. That was when I went against the Indians player. And I was just like, Elite Eagles should not be beatable by Indians in mm-hmm. any sort of case. Uh, so as long as I get the Elite Eagles, I win. So that's why I did it. I think it's nice. kind of a testament to to how good the balance is in the game currently that you can constantly be coming up with stuff like that that the other player can't foresee. Um, mm-hmm. I really love the meta really right good now. Place. Yeah. I really love the meta right now. Like I think every single top... Top 20 player, I would say most, almost all, every single top 20 to 25 player have their own idea of a meta. Like, I feel like some of the players obviously have more flair. Like, Hera is, you know, a lot of um, really, really good expansions, like good micro, good defensive play, and just like good, like good macro play, like taking hills and stuff like that. Viper with like really interesting, like, builds that are like, like half greedy, and a lot of times, like, he hits you with like, just the perfect win condition and stuff like that. And, you know, Lyrivus, Micro, and Aggression, et cetera, et cetera. Like, obviously, all those top players have more of a flair. But I do think that almost all the players right now at the top level have developed their own meta, which is very interesting to watch because I don't think you face the same player every single time anyways. And, like, I feel like the clash of metas between players is really, really fun. Is you, Do you have a favorite player that you enjoy watching? Favorite player? Uh, I personally, I mimic Harris style the most. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I mimic his style the most as I, um, like watch a stream a lot. I definitely think, um, you know, I always call myself a budget AM player back in the days. And I think like, that's, that's like, that's like something that I mimic. I mimic like Harris Leary style the most, but the obvious, I also watch Viper a lot and his decision making crazy good always just top-notch everything and it's a yo i practice with like i, I mean I, I honestly i just learned from all the top like the tippity top i actually learned from all of them i practiced with mr yo a bunch too and he gives me ideas that you know i didn't think of a lot of times and so definitely just trying to learn from everyone and but the person i probably spend the most time watching would be her mm-hmm uh, someone from chat is asking, um, I was wondering what Danny thinks of M- uh, MBL gameplay. Like, he has such a different style, but how does it feel in the game? Okay, that's a very interesting question. So, MBL, when he's playing, like, tournament style, or even just regular Arabia, I actually have never practiced against MBL in the t- for a tournament, I don't think. But then, like, I don't think I've ever even faced him in a tournament. But then, really, like, in Arabia... Like, it's so much about the counterattacks. He's always just counterattacking you. He has, like, monks and mangonels. Like, it's just, like, the most annoying units that he can possibly make. It's always those <laughs> units that are defending. Cut and throws. then, like, random, like, six crossbows that are, like, attacking a woodline or something like that. It's always those random units, like, elite skirmishers. Like, like those units. And then he plays a really, really solid late game. So you always feel as if, like, you know, you have to do the push. But pushing him is always weird because he's so good with those 
annoying doesn't units die. to defend, right? He doesn't die. <laughs> he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, like the monks, the the, the mangonels, like it's just like that's that's what I usually feel like when I'm playing in MB. So like that that's the style that he employed a lot. And um yeah, so he's definitely like from my perspective, definitely a top player, right? Good all obviously good a good macro, good micro and everything. It's just a definitely a very unique style of counterattacks and um you know, that sort of deal. It feels like he doesn't he doesn't value efficiency as much as other players either. He just he'll just like send it. Like if someone has a, a rush with men at arms coming his way, he'll just pull all six villagers off the wood line and chase them halfway across the map. Like sometimes put, yeah. it's just weird, man. It's weird. The craziest thing yeah. about the MBL is that he that he can play on the top and he's housed all the time. It's it's yeah. insane. How is this possible? Like he is house worse than some one uh, K player. <laughs> Well, it's because his production is really on point, right? That's how, yeah. I think that's how you justify it. But then, yeah, I don't know. He's just He's always out. Yeah, a unique playstyle for sure. Unique, unique playstyle. And for no sure. one is copying that for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, what do you think the best part of of your playstyle is? Is it is it the defensive style that you you've kind of incorporated from watching Hera, or is it your micro, or where do you I think, think you're, you're the strongest? I actually think my my strongest play is my logical thinking. I think I think pretty logically mm -hmm. uh, amongst from top like top what is it called like top 13 or whatever you call it like top 13 to top 25 range whatever range you call me and doesn't matter like those like 15 players or whatever that are, like similar in level I think I am one of the like I am probably the more logical player I, I just i just think i follow steps and i think of the game in a very clear mind in situations when the game develops um according to meta or you can say it according to the script whatever you call it but then i think my weakness also comes from the fact that when strategies go offhand i true i think that sometimes my adaptation isn't like doesn't go as logical like my logic only comes when the um, when the like script is running as as good as it is basically like mm -hmm. but when there's something off script i think that's where i get kind of flustered and like i don't like not that i don't re like i i sometimes like it just breaks my like it just breaks my feel of the game like you know there's some games that you're just so smooth you're like okay i'm 3tc i know i'm booming he's banging and pushing me i don't care like i know what i'm doing etc etc but when he doesn't do a and push he actually does some weird guard tower stuff and stuff like that I should win the game. I know I should win the game because Gartar should never ever work. But then throws me off that balance and sometimes actually causes me to lose a game that I should never lose. So, um, yeah, so that I think is my weakness as a player and uh, strength as a player. Yeah, off meta stretch, which uh, are not really um, efficient sometimes, uh, they still work because you uh, just can't handle it. But everyone knows the feeling. I mean, it's. Pretty much all the time when someone goes for the tower rush, the tower rush is never really that efficient, especially in this meta today, right? But uh, people like uh, Lix, they can uh, uh, they can do this anyway because they somehow can do it because they can yeah. do so much pressure with it. I've always said landing on islands or towering on any land map or whatever it is should never ever work. It only works when you make mistakes. 
But the whole thing is that those mistakes actually happen in like milliseconds, mm-hmm. and you just cannot think it through. Sometimes, like you, I, I cannot consider every possibility. <clears throat> I genuinely think I should never ever lose to a tower rush, even if it's from, like, except for like an Incas rush, okay? Uh. Except for Incas rush, but like a very special case. But I think I don't care if it's Viper doing a tower rush against me. I don't think I should ever lose that. But then I always make those milliseconds of mistakes, and I uh, well not always. Sometimes I make those milliseconds of mistakes, and when I look back on that, I'm like, oh wait, have I just counter tower that, or should not counter tower that? But making those like, but like taking those decisions, like making those decisions, and or not making those decisions, is what makes tower rush um, effective. But I don't think it's ever a good strat. Hmm. Um, there's another question from the the chat from Crotplasm. Uh, um, does Daniel think laming is a valid strategy? Um, I think yeah, laming is uh, laming is definitely valid. Laming is probably one of the most broken thing I think in the game for sure. Like it's just I don't think if the person who lames lames correctly and then follow through with a strat that makes sense after laming, I think the game usually. Especially on maps that have water or is hybrid, like cross and stuff. Not cross. Cross is actually very, very anti-lame. Mm-hmm. But then more like, you know, um, I don't know, like some of the maps that can snowball really hard when uh, water is matter- matters a lot because you can't make anything to defend water. Um, it just snowballs too fast. Like you can't do anything. As soon as you up the fuel age, your first fire galley has no opponent. Like you, you can't fight back. It's actually impossible. So then like... I think that's where um, I personally am against laming, but obviously when it's a tournament and you give me a free board, of course, like not free board, but like mm-hmm. you give me a board that I can take no matter what, I'm obviously going to lame it, like no question about it. Yeah, but I think Hidden Cup did the, the right thing with putting all, I think all the boards in every map um, uh, in the back base, right? Uh, not Bay, I think Bay was the one where the boards were a bit forward. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and, and that's think- where it... They get punished for it the most. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think just in general, the, the, they should just spawn the boars in the back, so um, yeah. the the guy who wants to steal has to risk more. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like if if there's more of a risk to it, it makes more sense. Because for example, bay if you fail a lame is actually really tough because there's no high ground. Mm. There's no high ground until you get to that slope. So then, if you fail a lame, you're going your ch- your scout's gonna get chased down for the whole time. You're not gonna get deer information. You're not going to get dock information where the enemy dock is, or if the enemy is building second dock. You're just going to get all of those things denied. So even though that map really like was the map that if you get a lame off, like it's really really huge because you take water control and like it's big. But then it's also the map where you your scout cannot fight back because there's no more high grounds. Mm. That's a totally different question from my side. Um. Does your mm-hmm. family and your friends um, uh, watch your stream, or watch your tur- actually when you play in tournaments and so on? Um, my friends uh, actually, well, two of my friends that I play video games with a lot, they actually subscribe to my to my to my stream. Mel nice. for money. I see <laughs> how. It yeah, is. of course, of course. Farming. They're like. <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're like they're like my college friends. Of course, you know that's all I do. But not like as in like. But they don't actually understand the game though. I don't think anyone that know IRL actually plays AOE two, like 
that I, that I know of that's like at a decent enough level to really be like appreciating high level play I guess so then like I, I, I don't think anyone really knows uh, regarding like what they're seeing even if I introduce them for example I'm playing as ACCM here they would just watch the game and be like hmm they'll be scratching their heads like why are you farming I'll be like bro because I need farms to get food to like you know get from TCs and stuff that'll be like Shoot. explaining from the very very basics which would be too much work so that's why uh, yeah no I don't really deal with that as much Let's see but yeah so for me that's uh, my IRL friends and my family that would be uh, my not that many not that many actually uh, participate in my AOE2 career but, but still some Still some. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still at least two. Yeah. They know though. They know that they know that I am a decent player in this game at least. You know, no, that's the, that's the, the, mo the most important factor. <laughs> yeah, I got flex. You know? I got Ethan, flex. Yeah, exactly. USA is number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when nothing else in life like you know is successful, you gotta flex that at least you are one of the best AOE two <laughs> player you know in the world. So you know, so it's good. <laughs> exactly. Out <laughs> of flex. So, another question from the chat, Micha Erbse. How does Daniel see the chance for Afterpets in WDC? We change our name again, so it's not just Afterpets now, so I want to correct you on that. It's Infinite Afterpets now, because Cuphatch oh. is also joining us. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's Infinite Afterpets is our team. We got me, MBL, um, Cuphatch, and Nikov. And um, I think our chances are pretty high, right? I think we have a group of pretty solid players playing 3v3s, especially. I think, um, I don't think teamwork wise, Nikov and MB, Nikov and Kapach, I assume, have played quite a bit. I mean, I've also played with Nikov. Quite Honestly, Nikov is the coordinator of this team. So, um, like the, the literal, the person that is uh, connecting everyone. But I definitely think our team is pretty good. Like definitely, definitely enough to challenge anyone for sure. Like uh, just look at looking at the player list. I think it's enough to challenge anyone. It sounds strong, but I'm looking forward to see the uh, the team chemistry because no one is really uh, used to play with each other of them, right? Yeah, but um, I think we all just understand the team role pretty well. Like if we were to. Play a 3v3, especially, well, at least Arabia, I would say. There's, like, a very, very set thing to do in regards to, like, team coordination and stuff like that. I do think chemistry matters a lot because sometimes, like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm assuming the top, really, really top teams, like, I don't know, Secret AM, when they, like, play with each other, they would already know, like, okay, I know that Tato likes to go first army here, so my knights are going to stay here, whatever it is. Like, you know, those things, like, probably... It's just really, really good in terms of chemistry. And communication is probably going to be off too. But I think there's some defined way of playing where I think we're all just really good at for sure. So I definitely think we can be a threat to any team in the tournament. Mm, fair enough. Out of all the players uh, from the Age of Empires 2 community, who would you love to... Or with who would you have the most fun to play with in a 2v2 tournament? The 2v2 tournament. Yeah, the most fun, not the best performance. Interesting question. Most fun. I mean, I would probably... I'd probably choose Yo, to be completely honest. 
He's really? like he's a pre- yeah he's a pretty serious dude. But like me and him have actually played a two v two show match for WWP, but you know I didn't stream it, and um, so like I don't think anyone from the Western audience know about it. But then we had pretty good chemistry. It was fun, and I also think that overall like it's I mean it's it's cool. Like I, I can speak Mandarin, and I think that it's. It will be a cool combo, a new combo that most people don't expect, and it's fun. He's got a really good sense of humor too. It takes a yeah. while to get that out of him, but he's he's a pretty funny guy as well. He's a super nice guy, Mister Yu. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I, I, I play with him a lot. I talk to him a lot. Like I try to like, you know, I, I steam chat him like almost all the time. So yeah, for sure, he's a very, very fun dude to be around. Mm-hmm. Nice. That would be, yeah. I would love to see that, actually. You should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 that's the thing. If he wants to win tournament, if he wants to ever win Him and Licks are pretty good together. Like, yeah. yes. that's, that's pretty might be the best pair I've ever seen, just in pure, like, chemistry and awareness and whatnot. Yeah. 2v2, mm-hmm. that's just True. crazy. Yeah, 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 for sure. What do you think about Licks, by the way? Like, he, he's just, he seems like, such an on and off kind of player doesn't he like what do you think about that whole style that he incorporates and like his results and whatnot because he's a he is a coin the the style is pretty coin flippy like i'm gonna be honest like the style is very very coin flippy right he's a really good player that's the thing and 1v1s not like that and 1v1s his, his style is not that coin flippy at all but then in team games his style is extremely extremely coin flippy mm-hmm. and that's where it gets to the point where like Top players don't mind taking those coin flips. Like I'm talking, like the the like the ultra good, like definitely, like I would say top ten wouldn't be afraid of taking coin flips because as you flip more and more, it's not a fifty fifty thing. It's more becomes like seventy thirty anyways. And if you take seventy thirty across a five game series, it's okay. But then in team games, the coin flip, even if it is thirty seventy, because of the fact that you actually made a coin flip play. It creates like a series of effect where it's like a butterfly effect and creates opportunities for Yo to do damage, which the 3070 suddenly turns into like Mr. Yo getting taking like 10 villagers from the other side and then getting his side ahead. And then but the thing is that he's really persistent with coin flip. He doesn't only have one coin. He has like twenty quarters or something. Yeah, like he that. just keeps and, flipping it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just and keeps it... flipping. Like he just keeps flipping. Like the first coin flip was thirty seventy. The next one is like ten nine, and he's just like, nah, I'm actually going at it. No, no bother. And then the, whole, the, the like, and he doesn't care. And they're eventually in a team game because it's not just him like getting hurt. Yo's also making plays in regarding to general. And if the yeah. game stabilizes to the point where the coin flips becomes 50-50. Lix is just so good in those coin flip situation that, again, it's not 50-50 anymore. It's actually favorable for him. So then that's why I think Lix and Yo mash- meshes up so good because, like, Yo's just so ready for Lix to be like, all right, I'm sending one villager. I'm building a castle, like, behind his wood line. And Yo's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. wait, that actually makes sense, actually. Yo's like, okay, I'm going to go four stables just so I can cover myself. But then afterwards, if I clear the army, they will never expect a four stable. And you got a, you got a castle behind their wood line that controls two golds. We just play onto that map control forever. We play onto <laughs> that map control forever. That's the only point that we're going to coin flip. 
And a coin flip till the game wins, and yeah. they're really good at it. Incredible. It feels like like most team members will say like, "Oh, I'm on my guy." It feels like for Licks, it's like my guys. <laughs> He's just both players. If 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 one player defends against him, he just shifts himself himself over to the other guy. It's crazy. He's uh he's a demon, man. And when you can't blame him when you have Mr. Yo to back you up as well. Mm. And it's mm, so fun sure. to watch. It's so entertaining to watch. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah that was definitely fun. That World Cup performance from them was was unbelievable. I remember seeing a mm. comment on Reddit too, and you could tell he was like a a fanboy of one of the other teams and they're like the style is so boring to watch. It's so predictable. Every game he puts pressure and Mr. Yo booms behind. It's like, really? You think this is boring, my friend? Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. This is probably more out of the meta than anything to be completely yeah. honest. Mm. So, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know how this is boring to watch. It's landing on Warner Maps. The, you know, crazy style of just, like, sacrificing himself and stuff like that. That's, that's something that you don't see every day. But yeah. yeah. Did you ever go to any meetups in the H community? I really want to go to one. Actually, I'm looking forward to next land. Like, I'm really, really looking forward to next land mm -hmm. event because I want. I really want. Like, I want to see some friends that I've made. Like the past two years, I've made some really, really good friends. You know, for sure. Like during quarantine, AOE two was like a really big part of just you know my time, my life in general. So I'll definitely like develop some, you know, good relationships with everyone. And I would want to, you know, meet them IRL, chill and, you know, have some fun. Like, you know, mm. it's a game that I have we've played for years and definitely something that I want to do. I want to see, you know, maybe see, you know, some of the top players IRL and it will be cool. But I've never been to win because they're on like Europe. Like, I, yep. I haven't. Yep. Man, yep. And that's good. Deep. That's, that's good. Like deep, good for me. Good Daniel, for me. we gotta. I've been saying this to Spring for years. Spring and Tristan, like we gotta get an NA meetup. There's enough yeah. people now. Like there's enough personalities in Canada and the states that are popular in our community. We uh -huh. need to get a land going in North America. Fuck the Euro Sh track. Shinji match is ready. <laughs> exactly. We got Shinji. We got everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like EU means East of USA. Like, what is this? Like, we don't go to. We don't go there. So you know, no, don't. Like, who goes there? That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but yes. But yeah, no. It's always in Europe. That's the thing, though. Like, I can't just be like, yeah, let me just take one week off and fly to Germany. Like, that's just impossible. Yep. For me. So then, like, so then, like, that's especially during that time I was in school and I was like, you know, that's me studying right there. So I can't do that. And then nowadays I'm working, but then again, that's you know, airplane and then um, hotels and stuff like that. It really adds up. So that's why I haven't really, I have never attended one. But I really, really want to go to one for sure. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. In general, like oh, a meetup, finally meeting people from other countries once again. <laughs> Yo, meet up in. Uh, let's meet up in North North America. What would be a good place in North America to meet up? Though that's the thing. Like, like I don't know. somewhere in New York or something would probably be a good place. Oh, perfect! I don't, I don't even have to take. I don't even have to take a plane. I don't have to take. I don't have to. Where, take where are you summer. at? I'm in New York, so like oh, I mean, I'm well, from fuck New York. Then <laughs> let's go somewhere else. I don't, don't worry if you say New York. For you. No, fuck you want to stay in New York? I will, I'll I'll offer you guys some Chipotle when you guys get here. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. Fair we'll enough. go to Canada. <laughs> me and me and Hera are up here. We'll we'll go to Canada. Yeah, no. 
Canada is fine too. I've never been to Canada actually. I'm down. I'm down. I'm yeah, down. we'll we'll have it somewhere like Niagara Falls or somewhere hype, like in, in one of the hotels over the falls. But Canada's so expensive. Uh, not for Americans. The currency exchange is pretty good. Yeah, it'd be nice uh, for driving up there is also nice and easy too. So definitely ten out of ten. I don't know. Well, definitely not mine. Niagara Falls. Oh man, you know, with the fall, you know, dropping down, listening to that while playing some AOE too, and then I don't know, chilling, vibing. I'm so down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why don't yeah, we, we meet up in something. Mexico? Mexico would be great. Okay, Bullet. Yep. We can <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you what, Bullet. I'll send you the invite. You go to Mexico. Okay. We'll be up in Canada and you'll just be having a great time down there. Down there, you know, having some fun in Cancun. Yeah, I respect yeah. that. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> Why don't we have it like Malta or something like that? You know what? Might as well just get more extravagant out here. You know what? Just... <laughs> I'm down. No yeah. tournament in Mexico. <laughs> oh, man, Snippy. Ay, ay, ay. Not many yeah. good places. But yeah, um, Europe is still the flagship of AoE, so probably the main events are still going to happen there. So good for me, not so good for you guys. Well, if you, if you, uh, if you get into the top 16, you might uh, qualify for such a tournament and then you get invited. So there's yeah. that. I hope so. I definitely hope that that's a possibility. Yeah. Yep. You can also, then we can also say we have two pro players or potentially three from North America. Slammy, slammy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we can make an argument for bringing, uh, bringing more events here. We get more sponsors here and everything like that. It seems like all the sponsors around the community are, are Eurocentric. So it'd Mm -hmm. be nice to see some American ones come in here. Yeah, for sure. I want uh, that. I like. I just want like an American event where everyone can come through. Like that just sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If only our biggest influencer was American and could advocate for something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 What can you Apple. Apple. Yeah. No. I. I. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's tough though. It's really, really tough, especially because. I don't know, like, how the, like, travel laws work and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm guessing, like, you know, for Asian players, it would be tough to um, come to America without visas and stuff. So, well, it's the same problem for Europe, too. So, mm. it's the same. Oh, exactly yeah, true. Same true, yeah. true, 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 true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, had, totally. they had issues getting visas. You just have to let them know in advance and, and sort all that stuff out. That's the difficulty with hosting in-person tournaments, right? Mm. Nearly had, like, months of preparation time to get rid of for NAC3 and the other yeah. two as well. Yeah, I can imagine the like the overhead in that. That would be it's a lot of work for sure. Yep. Well, I don't have any more questions for you, Daniel. Uh, yeah. But maybe the chat does. Yeah. Maybe. When is the next Controller Players LAN event? Shut up, Snippy. Yeah, Snippy always with the dumb questions. He, he will never change. It's just, just Snippy. Mm-hmm. I've seen some questions. Um... Oh, yeah, F- Fail Wall asked, uh, speaking of which, could Daniel tell us about the personalities of Chinese pros? Well, about you, you already talked um, about Lix as well, but about Vivi? Okay. Um, for me, Vivi is like a uh, Chinese MBL, I think. That's like, <laughs> the best way to, that's, like the best way, that's like the best way to put it. It's like, 
It's like they're always online, very, very reliable. You're definitely going to see like good gameplay from Vivi Stream and like definitely always like, you know, always grinding, always grinding the ladder and everything. Like from stream wise, like funny personality, just always smiling and laughing, etc. You know, get tilted at times, but you know, that's just that's just how everything goes. So that's that's how I would describe it. And then um uh Lix uh Lix is very, very energetic in person like very very energetic and like he's usually a shot caller when we play team games and stuff like that and like always very very passionate about the game that's his uh that's definitely his uh brand of style casting also the most passionate caster out of all the chinese players for sure and then um yo's the calm dude that makes like you know some uh witty jokes here and there crack up you know that's uh that's what that's who yo would be for me and then Paladin is like the dad that take care, takes care of everyone. <laughs> and then my, Who's yeah, Tim then? <laughs> Tim. Tim is a very, very interesting one. I haven't talked to him as much, but Tim is a definitely an interesting dude for sure. I, I had him on, on WeChat, and then like we talked a few times. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, just an interesting dude. I can't really summarize it in a few words. You got I got to take some time. It's like prepping an essay for me to really to really for me to really write a thesis on this. So yeah, yeah, it's good. it's a tough one. But yeah, I think everyone's nice. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone's nice. No, your question, your question. Everyone's nice. Though. Who's the Chinese bullet chin? That's what I want to know. Who's the Chinese equivalent of bullet chin? Bullet chin. Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese um honestly there are like 80 members in wwp and i think that there are quite a few of them that really enjoys you know just organizing like like i is there a podcast in the chinese elite community he's, he's trying to be diplomatic about this he's trying hard he's trying hard i got a name i got a name i got a name actually i got a name i got a name I got a name, okay? I got right. a name. Okay, I'm ready. Heavenly Cores, actually. Heavenly Cores with Oh, Vida. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Heavenly Cores is definitely a bit of Chinese uh, bullet chin for sure. That's what I think. I, I see. I see. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> okay. Oh, there's some more questions. From Bot Canero. How, when did... Oh, no. Wait. Yeah, well, that was pretty. That's pretty much the same question again. Um, yeah, what are your expectations for H four, Daniel? Expectation for H four. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not one of the players that have played H four, so I don't know. I really, I really have not played it at all. I'm excited to see it though. I, I I'm excited to see it because I don't know. I still love AOE two so much. Right? It's just a game that I've played for like a decade. So I don't know like how much I would transition onto age four, what the competitive scene would be, or if I would even try to be a competitive player in age four because it'll be a completely different game. And I'm um, not sure how good I can get. I'm sure that I can still be like, I don't know, 2K level probably, just from the fact that I played AOE 2 before. But then like, you know, am I going to be that competitive? Am I going to be like, you know, as hardcore about that game as I was when I was 18 years old and just grinding this game, like grinding AOE 2? I don't know. Like that's that's just something that I have um, I've thought of regarding the H4 and I never came up with an answer. But I'm excited to see it though. Like a new game that's like, you know, including new civilization stuff like that. That's just that's hype. Like that's that's just exciting. Mm -hmm. I want to see. You know, I just want to see how the game looks. 
Well, we're gonna find out tomorrow, pretty much, right? In the preview. Or at least I hope oh. so. Mm -hmm. I'm down. Mm. Um, next question by Seahorse Gallop. Um, does Daniel get stage fright before or during big or important tourney matches? Um, my stage fright. I actually think I wait. Um, I'm looking at the chat right now. Okay. Um, one second. Stage fright. Actually, I think hidden cup was the stage fright right there. To be completely honest. <laughs> I think, for example, like I actually drafted incorrectly, and I was mad at myself. Um, the first game against ACCM, like I was really, really angry at myself for drafting incorrectly. So then I got a Lithuanian against Anne's Frank's matchup, which I personally believe that Frank's is favored, and I was mm -hmm. really, really annoyed at the fact that I didn't think of an Arabia Civ at all. Like all my Civs were not playing Arabia, by the way. Like I, I, if you look back at the draft, like I didn't have a Civ to play Arabia against Frank's, which is pretty ridiculous on my part. So then that's why I got like really, really annoyed at myself for not even play, like for not even like, cons like I messed up on the fifth pick and um, I actually had everything planned out and yet I messed up on the fifth pick. And so I got really, really annoyed and that stage fright, I guess you can call it. I was so nervous that first game, actually. And I still remember that I was like sweating bullets and I was just like, I lost the game after I got my villager picked off. I was like really, 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 really annoyed. And then, so the stage fright didn't go away until like second game when I finally won the gold rush. I very vividly remember that. So stage fright definitely does exist. And sometimes it comes from tilting. Sometimes it comes from frustration. Sometimes it's just, you know, the game, like it's tough. Like it's competition against some of the best players on the face of the planet. You you will get stage fright for sure. Mm. Oh, I guess stage fright for sure. Does viewer count come into your mind? When you think about big tournaments like this, are you thinking like, oh, there's going to be 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people watching me? Um, not as much. I care more about, mm, I, I really focus on my own performance in those things, actually. Mm -hmm. I do, like, I do think of, like, the viewer count. It's just, like, for example, that first game Arabia, I literally died in 12 minutes. No joke. The game was over at 12 minutes. I don't know if a lot of people realize, but like the game was actually over at that point already. And I was like tilted out of my mind. I ran my scout into the TC and everything. You know, I'm just like, man, I look like a fool. I think about that, but not the viewer count that annoys me, but it's just that I think that I shouldn't be playing at this level. I, I think that I'm better than that. That's what, that's what annoys me mm -hmm. more on those. That tells the crap out of me, actually, by the way. So, <laughs> that, that, that definitely is the thing that tells me the most because I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't think the game is unwinnable and yet I'm making it unwinnable for myself. And then the cycle, it's like a cycle where it's just like I tilt, I play worse, I tilt more. I play worse, I tilt more, you know, it's just like a, it's just like a, if, if it's just feeding onto itself. A like never-ending circle, yeah. Yep. Do you yeah. ever, do you ever watch your games back? afterwards like from the caster's perspective or do you kind of avoid that i i actually do enjoy watching the caster's perspective like for example the islands game that uh that i lost i think like t90 brought up some good points i think harold also brought up some good points though both of them brought up some really really good points mm -hmm. and like i want to see if I, my understanding of the game is the same as other people that's my that's 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 the thing like sometimes obviously i like i can disagree with t90 i would disagree with like like i don't know like casters that i watch in general like i disagree sometimes because you know i just think that there are some certain things that um 
you guys might not catch. Like you guys, so, yeah, I just think that sometimes there's things that you guys might not catch as like a player's mentality, for example. Like yep. you can't beat my mind, right? So like that's why that's why like you know that's why that's something that I, I um I think of. But in terms of just playing, like the standard plays that I was like. Yeah, I think I definitely look back onto the plays. I'm just like, yeah, maybe he was right. Like, you know, maybe an archer here, maybe an archer there, or maybe like I should actually ex- explore the map more, etc. Like all these things. Like, it does it does um, give me some feedback and something to think back on when I watch. I always wonder that. Like as a caster, I always wonder because <laughs> I've had games of mine where I've, I've been playing and and other people have cast them, and I always watch them back and think like. That's not what I was planning to do, or that I did this for a completely different reason than what you're saying. And and I always think about that whenever I'm casting, what the player I'm casting will think when they rewatch the VOD. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm concerned about that a little bit for how you guys will feel and like how we're representing you to the audience. But at the same time, you kind of have to not care about your perspective and just present something entertaining. Yes. Um, to the audience. So it's like it's 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 weird because I, I I always approach pro players, especially players I haven't talked to, communicated mm-hmm. with before, and I always approach them with the like back of my mind, like this guy fucking hates me. Like <laughs> I said something about him three years ago, and he just despises me. Like he remembers it to this day, right? So it's always like a lot of caution from my part approaching um, people that I've cast because of that. It's a weird kind of dynamic. Yeah, that's where I actually really want to know how, how, like, I think casting is really, really tough in AV2 right now, because it's at a point where it's just, like, it's just tough, like, you know, it's at a point where, like, I, I actually don't, I don't know, like, with everything that, that you have to do regarding a caster, realistically speaking, you actually have to do camera work yourself, you have to do the casting yourself, you have to make... You have to remember the statistics, right? You can't just be like, like, for example, oh, Daniel actually played against, or, you know, Viper played against Jordan, like, um, from two two rounds ago, and he played Hunts against Franks, and he went for this. And, like, you have to remember some of the games for your casting to be, I guess, more, you can say, representative and, like, accurate. And you still have to be able to, like, look at the camera, look at the whole game, the map is always different, and I was just like thinking about from the AOE2 casting side of things. It's actually really, really tough because there's RNG in this game, and it makes every single game different. You can't, like, even Hunts Against Franks, for example, This ideally you go for CA, but what if the Franks player has a really exposed gold, so then you decide to go all-in feudal or something like that? I don't know, like, it becomes a completely different game, right? So that's why, like... I think it's challenging on a caster on that end, and I can see it as a player's perspective. But it can also make it, at least like, uh, I think so, it, ca- it also can make it way more exciting for the caster, because it's not always the yeah, same. Yeah, While in, Starcra- random, in StarCraft yeah. 2, the, the maps are always the same, right? So, mm-hmm. I guess you can get bored of it at some point, but, yeah. I definitely agree. I think that's exciting. I per- I don't know, but I don't know. Like uh, on the caster's per- perspective, what do you guys think in regarding to how what I just said does affect you when you think of like how hard casting is and like how do you guys cast games and stuff like that? Uh, I think like the most difficult part is kind of preventing yourself from going into like auto cast. It- it's it's hard to explain. It's like there's there's a mode that you get into where you're just repeating what's going on in the screen. 
because you're tired and you've cast like eight sets that day and you're just kind of mumbling like spewing out words and that's the hardest part to try and prevent yourself from getting into that mode i, I it's hard to explain for me it's really difficult but uh there definitely is like a, a stage that you get into as a caster especially deep in a day where you're just talking to talk and you're not yep. actually saying anything <laughs> valuable and that's like preventing yourself from doing that and actually keeping your brain rolling and, and thinking of new ideas to come up with or new points or, or or whatnot is is the most difficult thing for me anyway no offense dave but when you're casting 90 percent of the time while you're talking is probably um just unimportant stuff and not um yeah, yeah, like yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yep. It's it's I about sprinkling it's in the other stuff. Yeah. yeah it's just sure. it's just part of the job, kind of. Yeah, you got to make sure that there's at least like I I'd say around twenty to thirty percent of useful information, mm. and mm -hmm. as soon as you drop below twenty percent, then you're just like every other commentator ever, and it's just kind of blah. Mm -hmm. uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I guess that's a parameter that you set, you know, as a caster, you know, you, yeah. you know, I got it. Yeah. As long as you guys, as long as the players aren't mortally offended by anything I've said, I'm, I, I think I'm fine though. <laughs> I'll say on my, I'll say on my behalf. Okay. I'll say on my behalf that I haven't, I haven't heard of anything, you know, that I'm just like, Oh, Dave, I'm no, 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 not play, not play Apex with Legends with you ever again. It happens to everyone, know. dude. It happens to everyone. We all have our moments where we say something stupid and Twitch chat roasts us and then players roast us like three years down the line and Reddit roasts us and... We just get no forgiveness, you know? No forgiveness. Deserved. <laughs> so. How tired are you right now, Daniel? Want to go for some more chat questions or? Sure, I'm fine. I got, I got another like 30 minutes before I like actually prepare for dinner and stuff like that. 20 to 30 minutes. I'm okay. down. I'm, I'm then I'm going to continue. It's a Friday night. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Then if probably I'm the first one who's gonna complain that I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, question for Daniel: Is feudal Bosa viable for Burgundians on Nomad in a tournament two v two? Playing at what? That's a that's a very specific question. <laughs> I'm looking at the question right now. Yeah. Yes, yes. 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 Of course. Of course, absolutely. Bosaw, definitely a few age upgrade that you should always get as Burgundians. 10 out of 10. Broken. I feel like Gilnets as Burgundians on Nomad is more useful oh, than Bosaw. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, you get Gilnets yeah. fast, dude. Do you just fish boom the fuck out of it and get Gilnets? Wait, is Italians a thing? Like, is that a team bonus or is it a. No, Vikings, bonus? you'll get the cheaper docks, but mm. Italians, you won't. You won't oh, it's not them. the cheaper tech for everyone? No, it's just for them, right? Yeah, it's oh, just really? for them. Okay, all I think right. it's just for them. Am is, I it, is it for everyone? Am I actually like? Do I actually play the game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> there's too many sieves now, man. There's too many bonuses. Like, I don't yeah, know. No. I was no, thinking it's... about it. Wait, that's actually broken though. Imagine if Italians that was a sieve. No, it's Condiatero, dude. Uh, resident sleeper then. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> if you could get if you could get imp units one age earlier, then it would be fucking broken. Then you could get uh, Burgundy and Conyatero on the field. Oh man, that would be fun. That would be fun. Wait, hold on. Wait, is that actually a thing? Wait, hold on. When you actually brought it up, wait. 
Let me think. Wait, this are these are some teaming strategies. Like the Gildas. No, you can't get really Castle good. Age Condiatero, dude. It's not, it's not possible. But you can't no. get Gildnets in Feudal Age. It's it's broken. It's yeah, if no, they the, leave you alone, it's it's busted. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking right now. On some of the maps that I've saw, like you know, like Four Lakes, that type of vibe of a map. Yeah. Like if you can get Gildnets on Burgundian's pocket, like with like two two docks, three docks fishing. And as soon as you click feudal, you get bosaw gillnets. That's nutty. Wait a That's second. Like can you? Nutty. That's actually nutty. Can can you take allies fish traps with your fish fishing ships? I'm actually not sure. You, you can convert them. You can convert them. <laughs> now we're getting really deep in the rabbit hole. What if <laughs> Malay Burgundians? <laughs> Oh, five head, actually. Oh, oh, God. Big brain, big brain. Hill fort. <laughs> you make the fish traps early in Feudal Age. <laughs> and then you get a guild that says Burgundians. Fucking pog, dude. Oh, Craig Asm. We're crap. in there. Yep. Yeah. Damn, that's that's too good, actually. Probably get 2,000 food as soon as you hit Castle Age. But no joke, though. Wait, hold on. The Four Lakes idea is actually legit. No joke. <laughs> the forest idea is really legit right now, though. I, now that I think about it. Wait, hold on. This you is go up. No, wait a second. Wait a second, Daniel. Wait, you, delete the you, VOD. Delete the VOD. Take, delete the VOD, actually. Dude, you take the boars from your allies so you can go up to feudal at like 14 pop. Wow. <laughs> so you can get fucking gildens. <laughs> no, delete the VOD. Delete the VOD. No joke. I'm about yeah, to. Yeah, high know, yeah. yeah, this is a. This is neat. This is. I'm sharing this with Nikov and being Kappa right Dude, now, if actually. this works. If this works in an actual team game, you gotta write Dave and Bullet in Palisade Walls and a heart uh, <laughs> on the mini map. <laughs> I'll let you know that yes, happens, please. okay? But, but wow, wait, hold on, and that's a Sif draft too. Wait, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna think about this. If mm. I actually look at the map a little bit, I'll let you guys know if this actually happens. All right, I'm down. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But that just shows you the moment there's so much stuff possible in Age of Empires. And that's cool. For sure. Well, I think we're coming uh, to an end here. Or... Okay, cool. Or, Dave, do you have to add anything? No, I just want to say it's uh, it's been a pleasure, Daniel. And I appreciate you coming on here and answering our questions so candidly. Yeah. Uh, so good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Bullshit, for inviting me. Thank you, Dave, for being here and, you know, asking questions, you know, having a good chat, you know, chilling, <laughs> vibing. Obviously, obviously, enjoy, uh, of course, enjoyable. And um, thank you, guys, and have a good weekend. Okay. Thanks to you, man. Daniel was uh, mm -hmm. very, very much fun with you. And hopefully, we see us another time. And have a good one. And good luck in thank future you. tournaments. Thank you, thank you. Have a good night, guys. Bye -bye. Hey, good night. Bye, Daniel. Ooh. That was a pretty good guest. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty good podcast. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Daniel is very pork. Yeah. Very lovely. So, how do we end the stream today, Dave? What do you want to tell the people? Bye? Just a bye? Oh, yeah, thank you to our sponsor, uh, Mono uh, Shakewell. <laughs> Mono Shakewell, the best Shakewell on the goddamn planet. Look here, uh, Shakewell. 
very much. Oh no, shake me. <laughs> shake me. The best shake me on the planet. Thanks for uh, sponsoring the podcast, and uh, we hope to see you guys again soon. And thank you, Bullet, for bringing us here. And we'd like to thank Daniel as well for mm -hmm. answering all of our questions and being very nice. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, have a good night, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we see us next time on another podcast. Also, you can join the uh, podcast feedback um, Discord. It's this one, I think. Let me check if it's the right one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the right one. So if you have any feedback or uh, want a specific guest or anything, or you just want to uh, be a fanboy of us, <laughs> then you can join this Discord. We're still searching for a moderator, actually, who uh, <laughs> checks here and there um, over the Discord and makes titles and stuff like this. If anyone wants to do that, because I'm a lazy shit and so is Dave. So anyway, have a good one and see you guys next time. Bye.